that the Lord has us in his mind and, and he promised he'd never leave us or forsake us. He'll never forget us. We're so thankful for that. Amen. Good to see you all gathering with us on the Zoom. We've got a new screen here in the church, so it's a lot larger and a lot closer and I get to see your faces and it's really good to see you all and pray God will bless you and each one that's uh, connected with us on the internet and we pray that the Lord will be with you, and wherever you are, God will just meet your need. Amen. We're just so thankful to have our brother Ken back with us. Very good to see you, doing well, and praise the Lord. God has been gracious unto you, and we're sure happy to see you back playing that bass guitar again. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I've been thinking about the uh, home we're going to. This home is, uh, this world is not our home and we're just passing through. But God has gone, our Lord Jesus has gone to prepare us a place that uh, while he let our prophets see, uh, have a little window into it and just to see what it was like over there and he saw all the saints and the loved ones and what joy and what peace, what harmony what love, what kindness, all that is in Christ is manifested over there. We're so looking forward to that. So we're looking to that this morning. Amen. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on.
Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Maybe we're going to sing a song. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me to hold my hand and safely guide me. thankful for that friend, our Lord Jesus. I think of that statement that Brother Branham made so many times. He was quoting a a preacher from the South and was talking about crossing over. And he said when he got to that Jordan, he didn't want any trouble at the river. Amen. We want to walk close to our friend, the Lord Jesus. Amen. And just, just draw ever near to him and have good fellowship with our Lord. Amen. Can we sing a little song before we go to prayer? I'm going to ask our brother John if you'll take us to the throne of grace. We've got a couple of prayer requests I'll make known. But maybe we can sing this little chorus. I feel the pull. I feel the call. I feel the pull. I hear the call. Stand together and sing that once more. I feel the pull. 
Haynes uh, is requesting prayer for a friend of his in Cape Town, South Africa, who's um, hospitalized with uh, COVID. Um, I believe he's in a coma, so we just want to remember that desperate need before the Lord. And we just want to remember our uh, loved ones in the assembly, different needs in our congregation, and uh, just uh, also Sister Rena Witt. We just want to remember her in prayer this morning. God would just undertake for her need in her body. And uh, Brother John, if you'd just prepare to uh, take us to the throne of grace, I'd appreciate that this morning. Thank you, Brother. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're standing on holy ground today. We're gathered with brothers and sisters from our local assembly and from all over the world. We stand lifting our hearts together in worship, lifting our hands, just joining our faith together as two or three of us gathered in your name, Lord. And we believe that you are dwelling as you are omnipresent, filling all time and all places. You are not limited by borders or by residences or by locations. Your Holy Spirit is omnipresent with each one of us. Father, we want to thank you. We want to praise you for your word is true, for your promises are true. Lord, you are present with each believer. We lift up our faith together as one today in unity and spirit and ask that you would come and visit us in a special way. Lord, these times are not a surprise to you. You knew those that would stand with you in faith, believing that all things are possible, so we stand in faith. Some hands are lifted up, many hearts are lifted up. We heard the prayer request of our brother Haynes from the needs in South Africa. Also hearing this morning from another believer, how many pastors and ministers and believers in Africa have been affected even in the last few days and weeks this year. Many assemblies are without ministry, without leaders today. Father, you know our days, you know our moments, you know our health, you know our mental state, you know our spiritual state, you know the needs of the people to supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So today we're reaching out together and touching the hem of your garment and inviting you to pass by every every single address that is connected. Lord, we lift up the hands of the ministry. We lift up the hands of one another, the weak ones that are among us, the shut-ins, those that are crying out, Lord. 
We, we pray for their needs, even our sister Rena Witt that was mentioned and many others that are not mentioned. We pray you are the burden bearer. You're El Shaddai. We lay our head up on your bosom today and ask you to use the atmosphere that the musicians are, are so gallantly providing for us and the song leader. And as the ministry of the word comes, we ask that you would speak to our souls, speak to our spirits, speak to our bodies. I pray that there would be miracles take place and healings and deliverances that some would receive the Holy Spirit, that all of us would receive your Holy Spirit. Today, God, we're looking for testimonies. We're looking for the unseen. We're looking for you to demonstrate yourself today as we see the day approaching. May it not get less and less, but may the Spirit of God get greater and greater and greater. We commit our hand, our lives into your hands and your perfect will would be done. And we're asking for thus saith the Lord for situations, for hearts that have been in prayer that are looking today. May you just blanket all of us with your presence. We give this service to you, Jesus. May you anoint it and fill us all, Lord. Touch us, Lord. May it be special, come personal, come individual. Come into us, Lord, we pray and ask in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We agree together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. I appreciate that so much. And you can all have your seats this morning. I appreciate the participation that you have uh, done today. We're just uh, so thankful that we can just join together like this. God bless you. I believe Brother Ryan Hayes has got a special for us this morning. and Maybe while they're um, preparing that, bringing that up, maybe we can sing a little chorus. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us. <clears throat> Jesus, name above all names,
got that special from Brother Ryan? Find a rest for my soul Cause my 
sure appreciate that song, Brother Ryan. It's just something about this this wonderful gospel and Brother Branham so many times he said perfect love casts out all fear and when we have confidence in our Lord and in his love for us and my it just does away with all those earthly feelings doesn't it amen praise God and we're going to invite our brother Tom to come and minister the word to us this morning and maybe we can sing that chorus so I'm casting all my cares on you as he would come and so I'm casting all my cares on you Bless you all as we feast around the body word of the Son of Man this morning. Amen. Nice to see you all present and accounted for. And those that are not in the seen and in the unseen realm. May God bless you, bless your homes, and bless the time we'll have around the word of God. First of all, we'll start off with everybody's question. Is there going to be a service tonight? Well, um, according to the weatherman, and we know most of weathermans are false prophets. So... Uh, according to the weatherman, the temperature is not going down. It's going to be staying up. The roads, I talked to the brothers that work up at the camp, and uh, they just figured that it won't be that bad. So, well, we'll have service. 
So if you've got any questions about whether or not your car is able or you don't feel that you're able to drive in these kind of conditions, we, we would caution you to stay home and enjoy it as we will tonight over the internet or Zoom or whatever medium you use. But, you know, these are, that's the hard thing about services. Uh, you know, you want to do all that you can for the kingdom of God and it's always a benefit to the body. Brother Ernie's going to be away and he's going to minister. Brother John said, I'll be there. So I'll take everybody at their word. And, and, uh, not that if it was, if you at all concerned at all, please stay home and we'll have church anyway. I've gone all the way overseas one time and went up to uh, meetings in Aberdeen, Scotland and actually preached to one person. Brother John was there. My wife was there, but there was one Scottish sister who gave her heart to the Lord and 10 of her family had gotten saved out of that one little service. So, you know, you, God works in mysterious ways and his wonders to perform. So we'll just put that to rest right now. If you feel you can, go. If you can't, that's fine. We understand. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear, precious, heavenly Father, we are gathered here this morning honoring the resurrection, giving you all the glory, honor that's due your holy name. Lord, we don't do do this by form or formality. Lord, we do this because we have a love for you and a love for your people, a love for the word of God. And I just pray, Lord, as we enter into these strange times, you're not strange. You're the comforter that has come, the Holy Ghost from heaven, the Father's promise given. You said in your word, let your heart, let your hearts not be troubled and we are not troubled lord but we have this blessed assurance jesus is mine and oh what a foretaste of glory divine we ask lord your blessing upon your children as we gather and go to the word we pray lord that you will remove the man and let the holy spirit take hold of the vessel and speak to us lord so profoundly and individually we ask it in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I'd like to sing that chorus one more time, uh, Brother Ben. I have that written right on. I just had that there, and I thought, how is Brother Nathan going to get to that song? And he got there. And I thought, amazing how many songs we could sing this morning. But I want you to know, he careth indeed for you. So I'm casting all my cares. He loves me Redemption by blood And that's the greatest love story And for restoration For redemption That's what seven angels in the cloud Testify back for you and me. God bless you and God bless our dear brother Ken Ardeal. Nice to have you back at your post of duty, brother Ken. We've missed you, we've missed you and now here you are healed by the grace of God and we thank God that you're strong and able to play the bass guitar. I got saved many years ago to the young people. It seems like probably I'm a dinosaur. 
But it wasn't, I was a young man at 20, 21 years old coming to Bible Way House and one of my first memories of course is Linda, Sister Linda playing the piano and Brother Ken playing his guitar. So things haven't changed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Well, God bless you. You're standing. Let's turn into the Word. Let's turn to our Bibles. Turn to the book of Esther. I'd like to turn to Esther, and then I'd like to turn to Psalms, which we wrote last, uh, wrote out, read out of last week. And uh, we'll look at Esther. I've got a number of places I'd like to read. And uh, it's to do with our position and who we are in this space of time. And it's a wonderful thing to know that Brother Branham talked about how that the last in this great race and talked about how that here we are as believers, we fulfill a certain function. And we are to, to manifest what God called us to. And Esther was called to a manifestation. And uh, she had come to the kingdom for such a time as this, and we, we know that. And that's a scripture that we all love. But I like to read out of um, Esther chapter 4, verse 13. Esther chapter 4, everybody got there yet? Some are still looking. Well, Esther chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. And we know that there was an edict Come and, and uh, hey, uh, here you have Haman, who is an enemy of the church, type of the devil himself, out to destroy the Jews. And an edict has come down, and, and they were to, at a certain time, a certain day, they were out to destroy the Jews and destroy all that they had amassed of, of their wealth. For if thou altogether holdeth thy peace at that time, God had put her in a position to be queen. If you hold your peace, don't let the king know that you're a Jew. Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. So if you don't do your duty, somebody else is going to do it. If you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. Uh, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come... To the kingdom for such a time as this. I'd like you to read that last part. And who knoweth. Read it with me. And who knoweth whether or not thou art come to the kingdom. I want you to take a look at that word time. Thou art come to the kingdom for such a time. Time. We spoke of my time last week. I like, or our time. I like to speak about my time. Thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Turn, please, then. Now, another portion of Scripture. Genesis 24. Genesis 24. Genesis 24. And we'll start reading at verse 10. 24, verse 10. The Bible says, And the servant took ten camels 
of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he rose and went to Mordecai. I'm sorry, Mesopotamia. I got Mordecai in my brain. He went into Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And the Bible goes on to say, And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by the well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go to draw water. Let's bow our heads once again. Heavenly Father, your word is true, your word is rich, and we love it dearly. We just pray, Lord, that you will take that word this morning, whom you are, and make yourself alive to each one of us. Lord, break the bread, and may we be fed. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. God bless you. This morning, I'd like to speak in part two on our times, my times. Signs of the times, as the songwriter said, are everywhere. Signs of the times are everywhere. We always seem to use phrases with the word time. This is the end time. And time, we find out, is, is, a, is a space or a moment that God or man has declared that there's a, um, an inference that in that time, there's events to take place. How many times have you used the phrase, you're wasting my time? And man is only given so much time. And the scripture says, then we must redeem the time. The word time is used in our vernacular so often, it just sort of just, we just brush over it. But we start to realize at the end of the day and the older that you get that there is only so much time allotted. And at the end of the day, you start to wonder, did I really put in all I could for the time that was allotted to me? We live in such a, a, um, a time where things happen and we're not even aware of it right now. Our governments are working together to close a loophole of travel. Right now they call it essential travel. And a lot of things happen in time that we don't even know is taking place. A lot of uh, documents are signed in time. And we don't know what those documents are all about. Whether or not... Uh, treaties are made or laws are created and written down and signed for. And that's why we get surprised when certain events take place. And right now they're trying to close a loop, as they say, a loophole in this essential travel time. So if things aren't, as we say, getting better, things aren't getting better, don't look for it to get better. There might be a window, and as like one brother said, he says, man, I'm starting to feel like a donkey. I said, well, don't, 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 you know, degrade yourself too much. He says, no. He says, I feel like they give us a carrot for a donkey, but we never get to eat the carrot. I said, well, forget about the donkey part. We'll get the carrot, all right? So uh, it's just that it's such a weird and, and a time. But for the bride, Brother Bram said, this is a, a golden time. 
this is a time that, you know, the, those in throughout the ages have longed to live. And so then how can we gripe when now everybody's waiting for they, for they cannot be made perfect without us? So why would we complain about our time when in fact this is the time that God has called us to be in? And so here Brother Bram says in the, in, in the uh, message called Shalom. He said, now it's the darkest. I can stay on that for another hour. Sure we can. We can say it's a dark time. It's a terrible time. I hate this time. Well, yeah, well, okay, what's your point? You know, I wish I was in another time. No, I don't. I think that this is the greatest time we can live in. Brother Bram said it's a dark time. But to the elect. And I want to ask you this morning, who is the elect? We have to start making a declaration, brother James. I am the called, the chosen, the elected lady of Jesus Christ. Not everybody's called to this. And your prophet said, but to the elect. And if you say I'm the elect of God, brother Bram said, it's a precious time. Now, you know, I know the different brothers have you. They actually say, well, say the word. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you to say the word. Precious. <laughs> this is a precious time. My. Change, I look at everybody smiled when you said that. It's a precious time, he says. It's a precious time. The called saints of God. But to you, this coming year, he says, I want to say shalom. God's peace. Amen. I say the hour is here. If I could have been back there before the days that the world was created, I'd look down the whole thing. Just think about it now. He looked down the whole time, the spectrum of time. The father would say to me, what day? I'm looking at every one of you now that I can see. What day would you choose, prophet? What day? He said, I would want to live right now. Well, I say, praise the Lord. I'm under this prophet's prophecy. I am under it. You are under it. This is the hour. Now, listen. Are you listening? I want everybody to listen. Because this will take the grumble and the grumbling and the complaining Right out of you. Because if you believe what the prophet says, you have to say, I believe, Brother Tom. Well, then let's believe what he said. He said, this is the hour. This is the greatest hour that the church has ever moved into. Oh, Brother Tom, you just don't understand. No, your prophet said, I choose this day, and this is the greatest hour. Now I've got your attention. This is the greatest hour the church has ever moved into. Just before the coming of the bridegroom. And everybody says, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, he says, the real church of the living God should be on fire. Ah, I love it. I got some amens from the few that are here. Amen. 
The church of God should be on fire. We're not a bunch of wet blankets complaining. No, this is the greatest hour that a prophet chose to be in. He said, this is the greatest hour the church has ever moved into. The real church of the living God ought to be on fire, burning with the light of the gospel, being being vindicated right before them. And then he cries out, arise, shine, for your light has come. And I want to say, amen. But a lot of people live in emotional realm. They live in emotion of how I feel and how things are going. And, you know, it's not according to what I like. Let's go according to what the word said. Jesus was brought to the place and, and let this cup go from me. But nevertheless, Lord, thy will be done. I will live. I will rejoice. I believe. That this is a great hour for me. A time when Haman and all the powers of darkness has now come against and is coming against you, the elected lady. But she was chosen to be queen. And I want to say to you this morning, so have you. So have you. You have been chosen to be queen, to be his bride. To be the bride of the king of kings. Amen. Then he said good morning. Good morning. That means peace. Darkness is gathered. It's gathering to what? To show the light. I would love for you to say this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Oh you say brother Tom. That is a child's song. Well, unless you come like little children, we have a quote or we have a scripture. We have everything that could be applicable. And if we're real men of the gospel, we will stand with what our prophet says. We will stand with thus saith the Lord. The light has come to you in gross darkness. This message came to you. We often say, well, how special was that widow woman when the prophet came and she ran out of meal and she never had anything to drink. And and Brother Bram said she had to be real special to entertain the prophet. I would have to say this morning, so are you very special that you have kept this message alive before a dark and sinful world. You have been the most privileged of all people. It's God's peace. This message is God's peace to that elected lady. Those who God, before the foundation of the world, called out and ordained you. I I want you to feel very, very special this morning. That God has always had you in his mind. God has always had you in his mind. And as I've often said, if you've ever got into the mind of God, you can never get out of the mind of God. Never. Can I read a quote to you this morning? And as one brother said, one of the brothers said the other day, we're not in the dark ages where we write notes. Well, 
Uh, I hate to say it, I do take notes, so I guess I'm from the dark ages. But Brother Branham says this in the deity of Jesus Christ. The prophet said, it'll be light in the evening time. Zechariah 14, 7. It will be light about the evening time. Arise and shine for your light has come. When did it come? Sister Linda, gross darkness. Gross darkness the land. Gross darkness the people. But arise and shine for your light. That is a personal pronoun. Your light. Your light shall shine. Now listen what he says here now. It'll be light in the evening time. That's right. It has to come to place. Now that the people realizing, the people realizing, just go like this, the people, I'm the people, my time, it's a designated time, it's a chosen time. He said, realizing now that the deity and the power of almighty God is living in your flesh, in human beings. My, my, now we start to come to the realization where the prophet preaches a message. Why cry speak? Why cry speak? It's already been spoken. He said Samson didn't need a prayer meeting. David didn't need a prayer meeting. He said they were already anointed to fulfill their part. And we also are anointed to fulfill our part. And I look at Brother David and say, well, I'm just a bus driver. No, the word of God is living in a people and is a light to a sin-cursed world, to darkness that steps on that bus. But there is a man here that can turn on the light. And that's not just a prophet, Brother David. That is you. That is me. You can turn on your light. Amen. Turn on the light. God's promised that his word will be fulfilled. He would, and it would come to pass, he would choose a bride. And how it's done and how it's happening is happening right before you. In the name of the Lord, and that's by the original word, the evening time message is here. That original Word. My. I love the message. I love the scriptures. I love how a prophet shines light on the word. And that light so shone in darkness in this gross dark age. But he said, oh, if the church would only know. It's position. And that's what we see within the church or we see within our own families. Oh, if if our children or, or if the church would really understand what their position is. He says the rapture will go. The rapture will go. But he says it will go when it knows what it is. It will go when it knows what it is. How do you know what it is? The words attracted to the word, saints. We're not caught up in this life, but we're caught up in Christ. 
And this message is Christ. That's what he said in the token message. This message is Christ. And we are caught up in that message. We are closer now, as Paul says, than we ever have been before. How many have read the message where Brother Branham said it's three minutes to midnight? How many? Because now we're, we're talking about time. Well, you say, Brother Branham says now we're three minutes to midnight. And it looks like we're going to two minutes to midnight. And it, it's sort of an indicator of the world feeling that it cannot last. The bombs are ready. It's not, it's not us that made that up. It's not us. It's science. Science has a calculation of time. And in time, they said it's three minutes to midnight. Then Brother Bram said at one place, he says, now it's ticking. It's ticking. And it's moving to maybe two minutes to midnight. So I looked it up. I thought it would be a, a great lesson for us to find out. So you would understand where science says we are today. According to science, if you want to look it up, look it up. Fact check me, as they say. Fact check the president. Fact check Tom Ray. Fact check this. He says, we, or they say, we are 100 seconds to midnight. So now we're not going into minutes, we're going into seconds. They say we are 100 seconds to midnight. That is 1.667 minutes to destruction. Oh, doesn't that just give you a cheery Sunday morning as the snow falls down and everybody just feels so warm in their homes? Doesn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy? Some people say, oh. We're 1.667 minutes to midnight. This world's going to be destroyed. Yes. Praise the Lord. But there's the other quote we often quote is before one bomb falls. <laughs> before one bomb falls. Before one bomb falls. We're going to be gone. Hallelujah. So here we are. According to the device of science. The bulletin on the atomic uh, uh, clock. Scientist. You know when they started that atomic clock, Brother Nathan? This is a nice fact for you. They started their atomic clock in 1947. In 1947 is when they made the atomic clock countdown. I thought that was really nice. Right parallel. Brother Bram said the natural types are parallels to science. And here's a prophet. We've got his first message coming out in 1947. Here we go. So now here's a prophet trying to get you into God's thought of eternity. And man has so geared us to think of time. With God, there is no time. Time. Oh, he says now. He says, and how can I overcome? We see the age we're living in. It's one of the grandest age. So it's not just one quote or just in one message. He's trying to tell you all, saints, this is the grandest time or the grandest age to be living in. It's the grandest ages of all ages. My, if we could just maybe... Just hunker down on that thought right now. We'd start having a jubilee in your home. 
I, I can see the sisters running around their table. This is the grandest age of all ages. And God's called me to this age. But then you put on MSNBC. Oh, no. No. Trump is going to do this. Biden's going to do that. And we get locked up in time. And time, time is here to cloud the thoughts of God. My times are in his hands. So I don't want my times to be clouded by the affairs and the news of this world. But I want my mind to be caught up in his time. He says it's the grandest of all ages. This Laodicean church age is the grandest of all church ages. Because, what is it? So now he's giving you a reason why it's the grandest. Are you listening, Sister Anna? This is our Sister Fortune. Are you, are, you, are you listening now? I can see you there. He says, this is what he says. This is the grandest of all age. Because it's the ending of time. It's the end of time. And it's now the blending into eternity. We have come from God and we're going back to God. As we said last week, Brother Bram said, time started as soon as he said, in the beginning. Time opened up. Satan came down. Brother Bram said it was a gap that sin caused in time. Time. But in time, I don't want to give the devil time. In time, God revealed himself as El Shaddai. In time, he revealed himself as Melchizedek. In time, he revealed himself as Elohim. In time, God unveils himself. So even though Satan comes in this space of time, God has come to redeem you and I in time. Time. Oh, what an hour we are living in. What a time for a believer. Brother Branham said then, when time began, in the beginning, he says now, that great chain of perfection. And he starts to, to map it out. And he draws a circle before the people. And he said, in that great chain of perfection. He said, it was broken by time space. Oh, you know. This is an amazing prophet we have. This is an amazing message, Sister Rena. That a prophet sees God in the eternity. The great chain of perfection. Then he says, now, one of the grandest times has come where now perfection was where God dwelt. But in that time of perfection, the chain broke. It broke by time Space. Time came. He said in that space. Time came. Satan fell. Time came. Broke that eternal ring. 
Man fell, sin came. And he says, now that perfect circle that once was, the chain was broken and sin came in. But by God's sovereign grace, he's going to lift that gap back into that perfect cycle again. God has seen the circle been broken. In that time frame, God starts to reveal himself. And in that revealing is going to bring that chain back up to that eternal circle. Oh, he says, what a glorious day. He's going to lift that gap up to that perfect circle and she'll roll on just the same. Jesus was from eternity to eternity. But he stepped down into time space and was made flesh and came through here in order to sanctify, to sanctify or put a streak of blood over the gap. Wow, this is poetry. This is poetry. Thinking that God has that eternal chain and sin came down and in the beginning, God. And he started a space of time, but he's going to raise that gap, he said, by Jesus. And that streak of blood will come across and reconnect it back to God again. I say, glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. There's never a man spake like this man in this age. Never. They said that about Jesus, the son of man. I'll say that about a son of man. Never a man spake like this man. I don't care who preaches behind his pulpit. Those thoughts of God, we are all reiterating the thought of God through the message. I don't have a thought outside of this message. And people say, you're so carnal. Well, I'll take that carnality if you want to call it carnal. But a man such as this prophet could start to explain how sin came in. And how that eternal chain was broken. And how then that Jesus is by the streak of blood is going to make that circle whole again. Let us go on said, someday he's going to lift that gap back into his perfect circle. She rolls on. It, it rolls on just the same. Jesus was from eternity to eternity. But he stepped into time, space, and was made flesh. He came through here in order to sanctify time. My goodness. He came here to sanctify it. To sanctify time. Now, now time is called a little loop. It loops down. Jesus from eternity to, he stepped into time space and was made flesh and he came here in order to sanctify. To bring a streak of blood across this place so that he could redeem and connect it back to God again. For all eternity. For all eternity. You see? That's all time is. God starts. Started it here. 
He says there was a little kink in that perfect circle. It's just a kink. But God started. He's perfect. Everything he says is perfect. Everything he does is perfect. Then the Bible says Jesus Christ, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The beginning of that little kink. He was slain before the kink. The lamb was bleeding before the kink. God already knew what you and I needed. Because God knew there was going to be a kink. There was going to be a gap. Brother Bram said at one place, there was going to be a little hickey in time. He said, my wife calls it a hickey. But in that space of time, God, rich in mercy, knew we were going to need a bleeding lamb. And that's why, and Brother Brown, and I'm way ahead of myself, in the breach, he says he looked and he said, that as, John, as the elders cried out, don't weep, John, for the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. And he said, I looked everywhere. And I didn't see anybody worthy. But John, or Brother Bram says, he couldn't find it until he looked throughout the eternities. Because in the eternities, the lamb was slain for you and me. It's a great unfolding that we start to see this word is what's going to take you back to that circle of life. My, he says, God is only in that time, space, picking up the redeemable. Think about it. That's why I said this morning, you should be happy. You should be smiling. You should rejoice. It's the grandest of time because God at the end of this space is only picking up the redeemable think about it michael and debbie i've got you written down in my notes and here you are right at my right hand i said talk about our time is in his hands there is nothing that happens as out of order to us michael part of your testimony is you picked up a window washer is that true Somebody hitchhiking. And he was hitchhiking. What if he decided to have a hamburger and wasn't hitchhiking? Or he decided to do something else. When you drove by, there was nobody there. But your time is in his hands. He had a man right at that spot. Because God knew in this space, he was going to pick up one of his redeemable. And now I'm looking at the two of you. Debbie, even though we gave your testimony not too long ago, when you walked into the church and just exclaimed how Mike was searching for everything and he never found it. But now, by the grace of God, you both found it. I say this is amazing grace. Amen. God, watching over his children, wanting to reveal himself to a people, Brother Bram said, he could not do that. And this is a lovely quote out of the Christ of Mystery God Revealed. Preached on it about three years ago. He couldn't do it as the great Jehovah God who covered all space-time. God couldn't do it. 
but he wanted to reveal himself. But he couldn't do it as the great Jehovah God who covered all space, time, and eternity. He couldn't do it. He's too great ever to reveal to people because it's too mysterious. How could that great being that never begun that after went beyond the cycle of hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of years of light space. Can you imagine this great being? The great, the great, hey, I know you're, I'm popping a few heads here right now because it pops my head to try and understand in our little gray matter the great Jehovah that filled all space and time and beyond cycles of hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions of years of light space. That's God. That's your God. That's my God. Do you think that God that created it and was before there was anything and then beyond that got you and me and says, I'm going to watch over that child of God. I'm going to watch over your great-great-great-great-grandfather. And watch over your great-great-great-grandmother. But he couldn't do it in those cycles. So he had to go beyond that. But he loved fatherhood. It was in God to love children. His sons and daughters. It was in him. But he couldn't do it as that great Jehovah God. He said he couldn't do it. He said so now he wanted to. Because in him was fatherhood. Because he wanted to be a father. And the only way he could express it. Was to become a son. A son of man. He had to have that little space broken. And that space broken, Satan used it to cause a fall. God used it to redeem sons and to reveal himself and become a son, a man. That's the reason Jesus kept saying, the son of man, the son of man. See, they didn't know what he was talking about. We didn't have a clue because the great eternal circle of eternity went around and around for hundreds of billions and trillions and trillions. But then came the gap. Sin came in. Fallen man took place and time began in the beginning. In the beginning. And it's going to close in your Bible, saith the amen and amen. It began in time, and time, your prophet said, is blending to eternity. And I'm laying this little bit of a foundation because I want to get to my subject. He said, now, he always said, I am a son of man. See, he, they didn't know what he was talking about. But do you get it? They didn't know what he's talking about. But do you get it, see? He wanted to express himself that he that was his 
one of his great threefold purpose to express and identify himself to the human race and to reveal himself as Christ. My. To reveal himself as Christ. So then as time started to unfold, it was God in the beginning, God. Then it became Lord God. Lord God was expressed through Adam. And Lord God means Jehovah with a family. So God starts to unfold himself and show who he is. And so from Lord God, he started to express himself as Jehovah, your victory. So now I'm going to start breaking down this, this Christ. So that he's trying to reveal himself to you in this space of time. And now a prophet comes at the end of the ages. To show this mighty God unveiled before us. And you and I as a prophet takes out of Philippians. Let this mind that was in Christ be in you. He's unfolding himself. As the son of man. And letting you know that here's just a small part. I I took the seven. But there's many more attributes of God. To be uh, expressed this morning. But in this unveiling, Louise, in this unveiling, he wants you to know that he is indeed not just a God that is somewhere, floating around somewhere. But he is a personal God that can be now your God. Not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he's a very present God that has come down in flesh and walked amongst humanity. And throughout the ages, he started to unveil himself as the justifier, as a sanctifier, as the baptizer. But now, in this age, he wants to reveal himself as a person. A person. The person of our Lord Jesus. And what a message, Brother Bram said in Thirst. That in the message, you're thirsting. My soul longeth for thee, the living God, a personal God. Not just a God of cycles, of billions and trillions of years, but a God that walks with you. A God that lives in you. A God that sees your need and your burden. Many people put him into a God of Sunday. I just go to church and think about God on Sunday. Or maybe if they really expand themselves, he's the God of Wednesday. But he wants to be your personal God every day. Every day. Abraham says in the message now, he says, now, this is an age. So we talk about time and age. We talk about ages upon ages. And we're giving time frames. But your prophet said in the message. If you like to write it down. How can I overcome? He said this is the age of life. This is the age of life. It's the age of the personal. I want you to look at me now. This is the age. Of personal life. Of Jesus Christ. Ah, 
This is the age. Brother, Bre- uh, Brother Murphy preached the other night in the token message. This is the token age. So we can make that generic. We can make that, well, token age, that's for our church and that's for the people here. But now the Lord loved fatherhood. He loves to have communion with the son. And I don't need you, me, or some, or somebody else to tell me about God. I've got that God now living and speaking personally to me. What I knew about God before this message, knew nothing. And actually, when I first accepted this message, I knew nothing. And I got real quiet. How many remember Brother Bram talking about Benjamin Franklin and the kite? I we're really digressing here, but it might help you. Everybody hear about the kite? Everybody read where Brother Bram said Benjamin Franklin had the kite up there and he had uh, the key down here and the lightning struck the light or the kite and that, that voltage or that came down, came down the, the rope or the string, whatever he used. And all of a sudden, he, the key lit up or vibrated or did whatever it had to do. And you know what his first words were? I got it. <laughs> I'm saying this for a reason. He didn't know what he had. All he knew was he got it. And all I knew when I got saved, I got it. I didn't know about sonship. I didn't know about inheritance. I didn't know about anything. But God in this space of time is unveiling himself so that a father and a son can have relationship. A daughter and a father can have relationships. We've got many people that have had back, bad, bad, bad backgrounds of family and fatherhood. But he will never fail you. He'll never forsake you. He is always unveiling himself to you. You say, well, my dad doesn't understand or my wife doesn't understand or my husband, my children, they don't understand. I'll tell you one person that understands, Jesus understands. But here's Benjamin Franklin. Did he know? that? He, what did he get? Did he see the Bennett Dam? No, he didn't have an idea that a Bennett Dam was going to come or the Hoover Dam was going to take place. But he knew he had something. And when we got saved, saints, and this message came alive, we knew we had something. But as time rolled on, God started to unveil himself. And your relationship got higher and deeper and more real and more alive. And that's why Brother Bram said, you are the church. You don't need a building. That's all that are nice. But I've got to walk with God. And one day, I'm going to walk with God like Enoch walked. Because this is now the age of personal life. Not personal knowledge. A personal walk with all Mighty God. So that when you need victory, he's your victory. When you need a healer, a healing, he's my healer, as Brother Ryan sung this morning. Though darkness be all around me, death is all around me, I can walk in perfect peace, knowing he's my healer, he's my refuge, he's my banner, 
He's a very present God. He's my righteousness. He's my peace. He's my provider. He's my shepherd. He's everything to me. Ah, but Brother Tom, we know all that. Well, what I'm trying by the burden of the word is that you don't know it, but you start living it. A life in this personal age. We have gone so often and we speak so much. But does it really come down into a living word? We have churches called that. People say they are. And yet the people that say they are are the most stressed out people I meet. I got the word in me, but worried about what? If I've got the God that works in cycles of billions and trillions and trillions, that God that spoke worlds and universes, that God came down and formed himself a body to walk amongst us. Shouldn't I have a relationship with that one that has come down? Shouldn't we have that word living in us? When it's dark, so be it. When it's in turmoil, so be it. Things are going to get heavier and hairier. You don't even have to pick up a newspaper anymore because you can be standing in line at a grocery store. Number one, talk it. If it isn't the election, it is COVID. And they're talking about not the COVID now. They're talking about the variants of COVID that are coming. And these people live in a constant fear. Is it real? Ask anybody that gets it. It's real. But it's not something to fear. It's something that is real. Just as the uh, Philistines were real. Just as sickness is real. It's real, saints. But if you want to talk to Brother Ken Ardeal, he can tell you, my God is my healer. My God is my deliverer. My God is my present help in time of trouble. My God is my victory and playing back in church again today. It's not something to fear, saints of God. It's something to face. And we face it with the word of God in us. This God, he's a sovereign God. So they asked one of the top, top, Theologians. Just for people that like to think they're a theologian. They asked this theologian. And I won't give the name and you can look it up yourself if you like. And they asked him. What is the greatest revelation you ever came? Now this is the world's greatest theologian. He's famed. He's learned He's smart. People listen to him. They asked him, what is the greatest thought you ever had? Are you, I want you on the edge of your seat because this is so deep. You're going to need all your mental faculties to understand this statement. Because this is the greatest theologian that's ever spoken. And they said to him, what is the greatest thought You've ever had. Are you listening Andrew? Everybody listening. 
Everybody, have I got your attention, Joe? Okay, we're not talking about a fly-by-night preacher. We're not talking about anybody. We're talking about the most learned theologian. And he's going to give you a window of the greatest thought that he's ever had. I thought it was so wonderful I wrote it down to emphasize to you this morning. And maybe you want to get a piece of paper and pencil. But I think you won't need it. The greatest thought that was ever given to me. Are you ready? Jesus loves me. Tim, did you get that? (laughs) Clary, what a thought. The God of cycles, of billions and trillions, that God would come down in this space of time and reveal himself to you and to me, Jesus loves me. Ah, I hope you weren't disappointed because I surely wasn't. I thought, man, I... If he's the most learned, maybe I should read some other things about him. If he can distill it down to this one thought, the greatest thought ever given to him by God was Jesus loves me. And if he loves him, he surely must love you, Brother Gary, Sister Lisa. He must love you, Sam. He must love us to unveil himself to us. People are still trying to figure him out. And a prophet comes down because you can't even see Jesus without a prophet revealing who he is. God immorphi. You've heard the brothers preach. You've heard unveiling of God. But if you do a little bit, dig a little deeper in God's love. You'll find out that when God changes his mask, there always has to be a prophet present to let you know how he changed. Because he's bound by his word and his word said he can do nothing until he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets, first. It's not Brother Tom Ray revealing this message. It's God himself Through Abe, son of man, revealing the son of man in this space of time. I see couples sitting together today. And we've got a few that want to be couples in the future. How did you learn to love her or love him? I want to ask you the question. How did you learn to love Someone. By being so distant, you don't have the time of day for them. No. You have a relationship with somebody. You want to be with them. You want to care for them. You know their desires. And you're, you're, you're just trying to do every little thing that you can. Because you want to build your relationship stronger and stronger. And that's what this message does with Jesus. If you get into it and you love it. It will cause a personal love to grow deeper, stronger in Jesus Christ.
Why? He's the God of my time. My time is in his hands, Matthew. A man that leaves Iran, a sister that wonders, how am I ever going to get married? And then God, being the Eliezer, brings a Matthew to Curdy to Sister Geneva. I would say your times are in his hands, Sister Geneva. You say, well, all these years, I remember when you first gave me that testimony. And it's still real to me. I trust it's still real to you too. What is he wanting to do in a space of time is to reveal himself to you. To cause a love relationship of a personal life. When a fame theologian could say the greatest thought that was ever given to me is that Jesus loves me. And I want to say to you, the greatest thought I've ever had is to know that Jesus loves me. And Jesus died for me. And Jesus unveils himself to me. And it's not an old, old story. I'm sorry, friends. It's not something I, I, I did. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. It's more real to me today than it's ever been. God, rich in mercy. God revealing himself. People, Brother Bram said they were wondering. We, and his own disciples, they asked him the question in this space of time. We thought Elias was to come. And he says to his own disciples, Elias has already come. And yet they missed him. And yet they were the elect. They were chosen of God, handpicked men. And missed the very fact the forerunner came. And the forerunner said, behold the Lamb of God. How much plainer can you get? And they missed it. Brother Bradham said, we're go-, and he says, not we're, because I'm not going to include myself. He says, the church thought, in its persecution... I thought the rapture was to take place. And he says, the rapture has already passed and you didn't know it. If you have a personal relationship of your time in his time and you love him, he loves you, you aren't going to miss this rapture. I would love for you this morning in this simple broken down little message on a snowy morning to say from the depths of your heart I love you Lord. I love you with all my heart all my soul all my strength and all my mind. I love you. I don't spend enough time with you. I want to be in a room where you come by. and I can just take a hold of your feet, Lord. Say, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Speak to me, Lord. This is an age of personal life, Abraham. It's not a life that we live through mommy and daddy. It's not a life that we live through a pastor who we love so dearly. It's having the God of Brother Biscoe being your personal God. It's not thoughts, Brother James, where we can take a scripture and scripture and message quote and message quote and make a nice little message. But it's taking him and speaking from your heart, from him. From him. 
That that voice, they come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her plague. It's for you. And you heeded the voice. Why? He's calling to you. He loves fatherhood. He loves fatherhood. The chain's broken. Jesus came. He's revealing himself as a son of man. Ah, but Brother Tom, I've been in the message 40 years. I've seen marriages 40 years. And there is distance as two ships in the night. It does not mean just because you're married that you've got a relationship. I want that everybody just to think on what I'm saying. I'm slowing down for purpose. The fire. Where's the fire? Brother Bram said the church should be so on fire. Where's the fire? So thrilled, so happy, so joyous in a dark age. But we let circumstance dictate our thinking and warp our ideas of what a prophet actually says. And does Brother Tom get guilty? Yes, he does. Maybe that's why I'm preaching this morning. I don't want to be guilty of having a thought of God and not knowing God. If we don't watch out, saints of God, it's an anointing on this age to be lovers of self and not lovers of God. Perilous times, we spoke on that earlier but now lovers of self. When I was in China, I read an article, and to their shame. And North America has been doing it for years. China's just jumping on because of Hollywood, I guess. I don't know. I love the Eastern culture. I love it where the children take care of the parents. I don't care what Eastern culture. That used to be the culture. But I read this one article. We're losing a generation and where are they going? The young generation now, they want to have fun. They want to have parties. And all of a sudden, parents are missing. They don't know where they're going. They're taking them to somewhere. But they're not taking care of them. Because they're lovers of their own selves rather than lovers of God. Can you imagine leaving your parents, killing your parents, or put them in the bush, or put them somewhere to wander? America, the great, Canada, we put them in old folks' homes and forget about them. Don't feel, oh, we're so righteous. Where's the generation that's going to care for father, mother? No. We got to think about ourselves. When they gave you your very life. Doesn't seem like that fatherhood is so strong anymore. And the fabric of humanity is being torn and shred by Hollywood. My likes, my wants, my ambitions, my goals. And who's left high and dry are the very people that gave their life's blood for you. 
My times, I'm glad, are not in the hands of man. I'm happy and thrilled that my times are in the hands of God. And He will indeed take care of me. David says, before he writes down, my times are in his hand. He said, thou art my God, and I trust in thee. Are these crucial times? Absolutely. Are these critical times? Yes, indeed they are. But this is a time, saints of God, not to get caught up in what is happening. But I want you to get caught up in where you're going. And that's why I read in closing last week that here's your last warning. There will not be another. That's your prophet. The throne room is set up. The twelve foundations. The streets of gold have been paved. The gates of gigantic pearl are raised and hinged. Like a pyramid, she stands so fair and glorious. And I I underlined this and I never got to say it. The heavenly beings who have prepared her. The heavenly beings that prepared her, Emmanuel, who prepared the city. Prepared her are watching breathlessly. They're watching breathlessly, for she glistens, she shines with the glory that is unearthly, unearthly. Every facet of her beauty tells a story of God's amazing grace. I think future home and things that are to be and rapture should be on our minds. Because that's where he's going to take his bride, the one that he has relationship to, is going. But in these last age, Peter writes, days of scoffers, days of their own lusts, saying, where is the promise of his coming? And we are in the coming of the Lord. We thought there would be a rapture. We are in the rapture of the Lord. What do you think this message is all about? Scoffers, yes. But Peter says they're willingly ignorant. Can you imagine being willingly ignorant of the greatest event to take place? Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, dangerous times. Mm -hmm. And if you look under, this is unique. This might help somebody because it's already been written and prophesied. He said dangerous times. Mm -hmm. But if you look up the word dangerous times, it says times of great stress. Nobody that I'm looking at is stressed. Thank you, Sister Elner. You're the only honest person that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous times are stressful times. Troublesome times. Days that are hard to bear. People without natural affection. Why? It's so true. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady-minded, high-minded, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This God 
that has come down to you has taken you out of a category of a prophesied people and has brought you into a prophecy of a bride that loves her bridegroom. A God that is not just a God that we speak about, but he's a personal God that has walked with you and given you the assurance of the sovereignty of Almighty God. David writes the sovereignty of God is in the universe in Psalms 103 and 9. Also written in the Bible that he's a sovereign over all nature. Brother Ram said God is revealed in the universe. God revealed in the earth, in nature. God revealed in man. God is also sovereign over all the affairs of man, over nations, human beings. He's over all animals. He's over every accident. He watches over every free act of man. We will face tomorrow with a new appreciation that the sovereign God that lived in the cycles of billions and trillions of years is a God that is living in you. A God who has revealed himself as a God that says, Jesus loves me. He predestinated you into the plan of God. And I do not understand the turmoil and agitation that is caused in people's life when we got a God of Shalom. I don't understand that. Somebody help me understand this. When he's the God of peace. When he's predestinated a plan to you. And he shows you and unveils that you are a seed gene of God. He has prepared your ground. Brother Bram said, you've been prepared ground before the word came. You are the seed of God. You are the chosen of God. Can I ask this question in just a little bit of a wind down here? Can I ask one question? Does Jesus love you? And you can, you can show me, yep, some of you are waving, some of you can nod, yes, yes. Can I get that confession that Jesus loves me? Okay, okay, there you go. We all got it. I've said it maybe years ago, I've said it before, but let me reiterate it again. If God has ever loved you, He cannot stop loving you. So then when we do indeed sing in the good times, praise His name. But in the bad times, He stopped loving me just the same. No. No. He's sovereign. He sees it. It's for your good. And all he does is show more of himself through the trial. Brother Ram said, Job knowed God better after his trial than before. So tell me, saints of God, should we be upset with whatever happens in our times? I, I, I'm, 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 Okay, I won't even look at the audience now. I'm looking at the sound booth. Should we be upset with God when we don't understand his plan? Should we be upset 
when we view it differently than what God views it? Or should we just rest into the perfect will of God? My Bible says that all things work to the what? The bad. No? <laughs> Anthony, are you sure? All things work to the what? Good. Everything works to the good. God is in control. You say, my health. If you're doing all that you can do, your sickness, do you think God doesn't see your sickness or your condition? I want a personal God that I can go to and say, Lord, you know mine. You know my hurts. You know my pains. You know everything. I'm willing, Lord, to submit to you. My time is in your hand. My poverty, my wealth, they're in your hands. The storms of life or the calms of life, they're all in his hands. Different seasons might bring disappointments, but they're still in his hands. God knows what he's doing. I think I used it once before and I say it once again and I hope this point gets across at this junction. How many have heard of George, George Mueller? George Mueller. George Mueller was a man of God who lived in Bristol in the 1800s. He was wild in his youth. Got converted in his 20s. He obeyed the call of God. And he decided along with his wife that they will sell all earthly possessions. Hmm. That's very interesting. C.T. Studd did the same thing. That must have been an era. must have been a time. Very wealthy man. An aristocrat in England. Sold all that he had. And wanted... To have a walk with God. And he decided. To open up an orphanage. Didn't have any money. Sold all his goods. And didn't know how to feed the children. But he put his time. In God's hand. I would say 99.99% of us. Would have a very hard time doing. What I'm talking about right now. If you want to be perfectly honest, I'd have a hard time. But he sold everything that he had, opened up an orphanage, brought in the orphans, and he went to prayer. And he prayed. When there was no food for the orphans, he prayed. He opened the door, there was food. And we say that very, seemed like just so passing. But it was a real hardship for Brother George Mueller, for his wife who is now felt led of God to open up an orphanage and who's going to feed the children. But time after time after time, somebody brought food for George Mueller's orphans. Charles Spurgeon sent money. Men of God, D.L. Moody, different ones, I think, spent money, sent money, 
money to support. And he never asked one time. Never asked one time for money. Everything George Mueller did, he put his time in the hands of God. He didn't run ahead. He didn't run behind. He stayed in tune. And so when he got an invitation to come to Quebec, Canada, I thought that was original. He come to Quebec, Canada. He gets off the coast of Canada and a fog bank comes in. Fog bank comes in. And in the fog bank, they stayed a day without going anywhere. They didn't know which, where to go. He was on board of the ship and he was getting a little bit agitated saying, Captain, we got to get to my port. I've got a, I've got an appointment I got to make. Why? He's putting his time in the hands of God. And the ship captain said to him, Mr. Mueller, where do you expect me to go? I can't go anywhere with this fog bank. He said, but we've been in this for 24 hours. He said, I must be in Quebec tomorrow morning. I have never missed an appointment in my life. And the ship captain was very agitated. And he said, Mr. Muir, I'm the captain of this ship. We can't go anywhere because of a fog bank. So Mr. Mueller says, Captain, sir, let's go to the wheelhouse. Let's get on our knees and let's pray that God move the fog bank. Well, the captain at this time thought Brother Mueller was off his rocker. Brother Mueller says to him, let me repeat. My eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God that I serve. My time is in his hands. Isn't that incredible? He didn't have to run here, run there, get the hose out, get the fog down. He didn't need big fans. He didn't need nothing. The captain said, all right, I think you're a raging lunatic. He said, but let us go down and pray. And George Miller says, no, you're not coming to pray because you don't even believe what you're praying about. He said, I'm going down to pray. And Mr. Bueller knelt down and prayed a simple prayer and prayed that the fog would lift. He said, I've known my Lord for 52 years. I've given my life to him for 52 years. He's never caused me harm. When he got up from prayer, they opened the door and there was no fog. Now, we we slot everything. We've got, Brother Tim was saying, the age of man, the age of the lion, the age of the ox, the age of the eagle. And we almost look down upon the age of a man. Or the age of the ox or the lion. We should never do that, saints of God. Amen. We should never do that. Not saying that you do do that. I'm just saying we should never do that and think we're so much more. They had, this man knew that his time was in God's hands. And when he got up from prayer, they opened the door and no fog was there. I wonder if anybody's going through a fog today. I wonder if somebody 
has got something on their mind and they've got a, a meeting to make. A decision to make. A destination to go to. Can we put our times in the hands of God saying, Lord, what is your will? What do you want in my life? Lord, guide me in the thoughts of God, not in the matters of man. Lord, guide me in the thoughts of God, not in the matters of man. I just want to end at this point. There are many needs in this church, as there is in any church. I don't want the matters of man. I want the mind of God. I want to have that personal relationship when I know if I take one step forward, I'm walking in the thought of God, not in the matters of man. And try and work things out by natural man. I've never ever worked out my life by my thinking. Can you imagine praying for a car? You say, that sounds so ridiculous. It, I thought so too. Praying in the matter. My children always, always, boys always used to say, Dad, you make a decision and we never, it never happens. I go buy a car. I don't just go buy a car. I wait, I look, I ponder. It's money. You say, well, that's such a carnal thing. Well, well, I know that I keep my cars for 10 years, so they better be, it better be the right decision. Whether it be buying a finances of a house, whether it's doing something, it's not just to jump into something just because I can jump. I want to jump knowing I'm falling in the arms of God. If there's anything I want to leave with you this morning. You say, Brother Tom, we'd rather you preach. And we'd rather you, you know, do this. Sometimes you need to hear it quietly and softly. Tenderly. I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to see the portion of the people I am this morning. I know we can do and try and do a lot of things. But I want to put this church... Into the hands of God. Not the matters of man. But I want to put our times. In the hands of God. Do you have a need this morning? You want to get out of the fog. And you want to say. I want to, I want to take it out of me. I want to move it into you Lord. I could make this happen. But Lord would it be pleasing to you. Pleasing Lord. Maybe bow your heads, all of you, please. You've got young men that are looking to find what's the future for me. Where am I to go? What am I to do? Or a young lady said, who's my husband? Or what would it be? I want you to put your times in his hands as he did Rebecca. I wonder if she wondered what time or when 
her Isaac would show up and she didn't know. But at evening time, there was an Eliezer there that was bringing her to her perfect husband. Not to the little boy around the corner or the one that lived close as a neighbor that were friendly to her. But she wanted the very mind of God. Not the matters of men. She wanted the matters of God. And this morning you've got something burdened on your heart. And you say, Lord, this fog is stopping the progress. I need it to part, Lord. God bless you, sister. God bless you richly for being that honest and open. God bless you and you. God bless each and every one of you. Just say, Lord, I'm going to surrender to you. Not my will, but thy will be done. God bless you, Brother Victor. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. You're going to have to find out in time. In time. Find out that you have that personal communion. And it brings such a peace and such a rest. I want the fog to go. I want your hand extended. I want to grip the very heart of God. I want your will to be done in my life. Father, many, many hearts are lifted. Many hands. I want to do thy will, O God. Many hands, Lord. My heart is lifted. Fogs of life have hindered so many destinations. But Lord, we're not looking to the avails of man. We're looking to the almighty God rules the universe and stepped into time. Brother Bram said you'll take that chain rope again and that little gap will be sealed and we'll roll into the eternities of God. So Lord with hands lifted up and hearts being opened if there's any situation that needs to be dealt with Lord It won't be by the how loud I preach, how long I preach. In fact, Lord, it won't be anything that I do. If we could speak one thing, Lord, to encourage the faith of your children. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Father, from the spectrum of our church, from the youngest to the oldest, hands were lifted so quickly. Father, feeling within my own natural man, Lord, just taking it so slowly that it's so different for me. But Lord, would you punctuate not even how it's been said, but just punctuate the word of God to the hearts of your children. 
Father, if I could confess one thing I want to confess, I need to walk closer to you. Families, young people, children, elders, all of us, Lord. We need to surrender our will and let the matters of man pass. And let the mind of God be our portion, I pray. Bless each couple, each single person, in whatever age they be in. May there be a deeper consecration, a deeper dedication. Lord, we can get so caught up in these matters that are around us. We need to focus on future hope. In that city where the Lamb is the light. That crystal river that flows from the throne of God. Lord, let us look beyond this curtain of time. And let us look past as your prophet did, lifting up up into a window to see past the matters that are around us. So Lord, would you bless your children? Maybe a crumb this morning, Lord, but take the crumb. May it feed the sheep. And may, Lord, they come to such a rest in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to do Thy will I want to do Thy will Oh Lord Make me Holy And make me I that is your desire this morning. You just want to lift up your voice to him. Help me sing this little song. Oh, I want to do thy will. Oh, I want to do thy will. I want to do thy will, oh Lord. I want to do. Just say it softly. Just invite him this morning to your little room. Lord, speak to me. I want to do thy will, oh Take me, break me, mold me and make me thy will, O Lord. Heavenly Father, just to close.
just to rededicate. Or sometimes we just got to put our life on pause. To hear the still small voice of God. Not in the thunder. Not in the earthquakes. But in that still small voice. I want you to know like David, Lord. I'm willing to trust you. And to put all of my time into your divine care. As we will go our ways and some might journey up to the camp, Lord. I pray that your protection be upon them. If there be any question within their hearts not to go, cause them to put the pause button on, Lord, and they can watch from home. Always a very hard decision to make. And so, Father, we want to say this morning, not our will, but thy will be done. As we commit now this time, this little message, into your care, in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Don't ever leave me alone. No, never. Oh, no, never. God bless you, saints. You are.